Infertility is a long emotional journey. For over 20 years, Dr. Ann has been witness to countless stories. From heartbreak to happiness, beautiful to unbelievable, each account is unique. You are not alone, you have options. These are the stories of the families she's treated. These are the true stories of real people like you. This is Everybody's Getting Pregnant But Me with Dr. Ann. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the second episode of Everybody's Getting Pregnant But Me. I'm your host, Dr. Ann, and I'm extremely excited about today's episode because it hits a very personal chord for me. Today, we're going to be talking about undergoing fertility treatment as a single woman. Becoming a single mother by choice is an increasingly popular path to motherhood as more women are making the decision to have a child on their own. Raising a child on your own can be the most challenging yet most rewarding season of a woman's life. There's so much to grapple with, including supporting your family, childcare, society's values, to say nothing of sleep deprivation. But what does it even take to become a single mother by choice? How can a woman even get there? And to what extent would a woman go to to achieve that dream? Well, today's guest is going to answer all those questions. With me today, I have Heather, who's a single mother of two children, one and five years old, who went through unbelievable measures to achieve her dream of being a mother. Hi, Heather. Hi, how are you? Good. It's so good to see you again. You too. Heather, can you tell us, just tell us a little bit about yourself. I am 37. I am a single mom by choice. I have two beautiful children. Tell us you're here because I know a lot about you and how (laughs) you mother your children. And you're a great mother, Heather. Thank you. But you've had a really long, long journey getting there. I have. And I want to take you back to when you first started that journey. Tell me... Tell me how it was that you decided that you wanted to become a single mother. I had emergency surgery when I was 28 years old to um, untwist my left ovary. I only have one ovary, so it was important that the other ovary be saved. Um, My gynecologist at the time said, you need to start thinking about your fertility. If you want to have children, you want to freeze, kind of get that ball going. I contemplated that for two years, went back and forth, went back and forth. I'm like... I finally made the decision that I can do this. Mm -hmm. Um, My family was my biggest support system. I went to them and talked to them about everything. So Mm -hmm. once I had their support and knew that they not necessarily, you know, needed their help with everything, I just, just to have them on my side and know that, you know, they're there for me, Mm -hmm. knowing nothing about this process or how it would go. uh, I made that decision then. And I was 30 years old when I inquired and made an appointment for a fertility specialist Mm. to meet and see what the next steps were to have a baby. Mm. So, so you were 28 and your doctor was telling you, let's think about your fertility. Yes. And you were not in a relationship. No, no Prince Charming yet. Mm -hmm. Still no Prince Mm -hmm. Charming. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now with two, two kids, it's Impossible. Um, uh, I'm sure your time is limited. Very. <laughs> so were you, at the time, you you were real close to your family. Tell me a little bit more about that. Your parents or siblings? I have two younger brothers, um, my mom and my dad. Um, they were, my mom was always my go-to with everything. 
Uh, she was fully supportive, kind of like, let's get this going. She's known what I've been through in the past, dealing with polycystic ovarian syndrome and endometriosis and how badly I wanted to have a baby of my own. And um, my dad was on board as well. My youngest brother was really excited and, you know, encouraged me to do it. And my middle brother was apprehensive. Yeah. He was, um, later on, I found out, you know, he wasn't completely on board because he didn't want to see me get hurt during the whole process or something not work. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's over the moon, loves my kids. And mm-hmm. were they surprised at all that you, that you brought up this topic or was it just something that you talked about naturally? And- it was just kind of something I just talked about because they knew I wanted children. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of just like a natural thing that I just progressed to that, you know what, I'm not with anybody, but mm-hmm. I'm getting older and I don't want to wait to the point where I can't have them. Mm-hmm. I can do this on my own. Mm-hmm. I can do this. So, so it sounds like you ha- you did have a lot of support. Did Definitely. you tell friends about it also? I told a few friends, mm-hmm. uh, my closest friends to me, I had their support. Um, it was kind of funny. A couple of them, I had their support, but I think they didn't know what else Mm-hmm. What else to do? Like, it was something, you know, like, yes, I support you, but what do, what do you do? What, what do we do ha- now? Like, mm-hmm. How does this go? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so then you made the, the step where you went to see a fertility doctor. Mm-hmm. And thinking back to that, what did you say when you got in the doctor's office? What did you say? What did you do? Tell I, me a little bit more. More or less, I want to have a baby. How do I have a baby mm-hmm. on my own? Mm-hmm. Um, it was just kind of a surreal experience because I never, you know, thought of mm-hmm. like this would be the way I would go. Um, it's interesting, Heather, because you, that's exactly what my patients will come in saying. They will come in, they'll sit across from me and they will just say, I want to have a baby. Um, some of them have done a little bit of research, but a lot of them haven't done any research at all. And they just know that they want to have a child. They're single. They want to have a child. And they want me to tell them the steps involved to get to to reach that goal. So, yeah. so tell me about the steps that, that you heard from the doctor. Um, I had to find the donor that I would like to use. Mm-hmm. Um, that whole experience was... So that talk about surreal with that. That was completely surreal going through profiles and like... Who, mm-hmm. who you want to use and you can get so specific on details and characteristics and everything like that. How do you choose? You personally, how did you choose? How did choose? I do it? Mm-hmm. I went ahead and just read different profiles. I had some things I wanted, like a um, brunette. Um, I'm a brunette, so I wanted a brunette. Um, somebody tall. There's just really specific you can get. Um, mm-hmm. I found a couple profiles and I refused to look at any pictures of mm-hmm. what they looked like until I narrowed down the profiles that I liked. Mm-hmm. I even had like my mom, she would read some and she'd be like, oh, this one. No, not that one. Oh, <laughs> she one. helped you with she it. Did. did she like doing that? She's just got a kick out of it because yeah. she's like, this is, it's odd. I mean, you're not, this isn't a normal, mm-hmm. you know, thing that you're doing. Uh, we found, we narrowed it down to two. Mm-hmm. And I downloaded pictures for both of them. Um, the one I did not choose, it was so funny. We opened it up and it was like, he looks like my brother. I'm like, oh. Eric, did you? And he's like, no, no, no. <laughs> so you show, did you show your brother? I did. Yeah. Oh. Everyone saw. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the donor I did choose only my immediate family, my brothers, my mom, my dad, are the ones that saw mm-hmm. what he looked like. Mm-hmm. So they are the, I have two kids and they're both by the same donor. So that, so you chose the donor. Yeah. So you got, you got that squared away. <laughs> and then tell me a little bit more about the the medical treatment. What did you need to go through at that point? Um, I had to go through the HSG to have, um, to check for my, any fibroids I believe in my uterus, mm-hmm. check and see if my tube was open, which 
it was partially not partially closed. Mm-hmm. So um, from that point, we decided IVF was the best treatment route to go through. Um, it was a textbook IVF cycle. I mean, mm-hmm. my totally blissfully naive on how fertility treatments work because it just all went, you know, I, I started with my injections, um, had my retrieval. Five days later, I had the transfer and two weeks later, I was pregnant. Ah, so I, no real no ups and downs. Complications, no problems, just mm-hmm. couldn't have gone any better. The pregnancy was perfect. Everything was so easy. Mm, straightforward. Very straightforward. Were you scared going into it? I was nervous that it wasn't going to work. Mm-hmm. But then I just, you know, I think, again, with just not knowing everything on how it can't work and how mm-hmm. I kind of pushed that to the back of my mind. I'm like, this will work. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I was blessed with my little boy. And it did. It worked. And your family, after all of this, they were, how, what was their reaction? Oh. And your friends? They're so excited. My immediate family, so excited that there was going to be a new little baby. Um, my friends were so excited. My yeah. um, extended family, the more of them when they found out at first, I think were shocked. Like they had no idea I was doing this or that I was going to go this route. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they really didn't fully grasp it until they saw my son and, you know, yeah, that he was mine and that it's, you know, I'm Real. taking care of him. He's not, you know, anybody else's responsibility mm-hmm. that it actually is, you know, like Heather's having a baby. It's <laughs> mm, such a such a good, good story with a very, very happy outcome. Yeah. But I know, Heather, you went through much, much more after that. So tell me a little bit more because you have two kids. I do. So after having my son, I didn't know if I wanted to have another one. Never thought past having one, honestly. Um, when he was like two and a half, I, I got the itch. I'm like, he needs a sibling. Yeah. Got to have a sibling for him. So I started trying 2018. Mm -hmm. I had um, another surgery to um, adhere my ovary to my abdomen wall, my abdominal wall. And then they did a uterine uplift and we were going to start a cycle. Um, I went to a new fertility doctor for this because he did the surgery. I figured we'll stick with this one. Um, In general, personalities just didn't fit. And I should have gone with my gut instinct and not started to cycle with him, maybe. Um, but went ahead and did an IVF cycle. I was told um, you have seven follicles we see. And then before I did my um, the trigger shot, mm-hmm. I was told that five of them ovulated. Mm. And they still wanted to go ahead and do the retrieval. So they did retrieve three eggs. I got a call the next day that none of them were good. Mm-hmm. So we, met, I met with this doctor again to see what the next steps were. And there's just, when you're going through this and you're having, you know, things that are so hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew this wasn't going to be as easy as my son because I was older, I was 35, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> 30, I'm sorry, 34. I went and met with this man again to see if we can, where we go from here. Mm-hmm. He was already talking about donor eggs. Um mm. you know, we didn't see on the same page. Like I, I felt I could try again Mm -hmm. and I wasn't ready to to throw in the towel yet with, with donor eggs. Mm -hmm. So he did one more cycle with me. He decided that I had two fairly decent sized follicles and he decided to cancel my, my IVF cycle, not Mm -hmm. do anything with them. And so I contacted um, the first fertility doctor that I went to for my son 
Um, actually, my mom, my mom called her because <laughs> I was a mess <laughs> telling, being told that, you know, your cycle is canceled. You can't, you can't proceed. I remember that, Heather. <laughs> I could not thank you enough. <laughs> your mom is, is just amazing. So your mom was really involved. My mom, she's the coach. Yeah. Yes. She, yeah, you're blessed to have that. She was right on top of it. She mm-hmm. was my biggest support system. She mm-hmm. she called herself the coach. So <laughs> Yeah, and she was. So after that, we moved back and it was um we switched that second cycle to an IUI. I knew it probably wouldn't work, but I still wanted to try. Mm-hmm. Um sat down and started talking about another round of IVF. Um we did a third round of IVF went into the retrieval and there was nothing. No eggs. Nothing. Mm-hmm. And it's so, it's just like a lonely, you feel like, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with my body? Why can't I, you know, produce mm-hmm. eggs? Why can't this just happen? It's supposed to be so natural. It's not supposed to be this hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really weighs on you as you're going through this because you're, just, you want something so bad and it's just, it's not working, but you're still, at least for myself, I wasn't ready to give up. I, mm-hmm. I knew my little family wasn't complete. So we went ahead and did another cycle um, where we did retrieve, I want to say that one was four, um, for the four follicles, three of them were eggs, mm-hmm. um, two fertilized, and only one made it to freeze. I had that one transferred um, November of 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, everything went great with the transfer. I did get pregnant. Um, went in for my five-week ultrasound to see how many, make sure it's just one sack in there. Mm-hmm. Um, the day after that, I started miscarrying. Aww. And it was the longest miscarriage ever went on for, we thought there was a heartbeat. Yeah. So it was like a two-week wait on that. And unfortunately, it was, I can remember the date, it's December 20th. That it was or during the holidays, officially a miscarriage that the baby was gone. I had uh, it then from there, it just spiraled. It was, um, I had to have two DNCs. Aww. Um, the first DNC, the, everything didn't get out, so I had to go for another one. Mm-hmm. After that, I ended up in the hospital with a uterine infection. It was just like the perfect storm of just not working <laughs> one thing after another. It was really one thing after another. This now this is so different than your first cycle. So. What are you thinking all this time? The first time was you're right. It was so straightforward and I, easy for you. Now what are you thinking? I had to keep telling myself that you know this is what I want. You know I want. I have to try. I'm not ready to give up yet. Mm-hmm. But it, every time this would fail, it would just knock me down a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You kind of feel like I said. You kind of just. It's lonely. You're Yeah, I was gonna say, did you feel did you feel like you were alone? You're going through this without a partner. Did that make it any worse, better? What were your thoughts about that? I don't think that, that made that any different because mm-hmm. I feel like it's something I'm going like my body's going through. I'm going through that. Mm-hmm. Somebody else can you can look in and see, but you can't really feel the feelings or experience, you know, what I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, like my family is very empathetic, very supportive. You know, I feel bad they had to put up with me. <laughs> yeah. Were they very involved all along? Yeah. Every yeah, step of the way. They were. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it was really, really hard. Just that whole, you know, you get so close and then then that happens. Yeah. And it really makes you 
value how much how big of a miracle having a baby really is. Mm-hmm. The more you go through, because it, the you more think you it's just well, you know, don't have sex, you won't get pregnant. You know, like it's mm-hmm. it takes nothing, you just get pregnant, then it happens, and that's not that's not the case for a lot of people. Yeah, there's a lot of ups and downs. So I went back then for I had made my mind up going into the last cycle that I don't think I could do this anymore. I'm going to do this last one Mm -hmm. and just see where it goes. Mm -hmm. Um, I was, it was in May of 2019. It was the complete opposite cycle of everything. Like I wasn't nervous. I wasn't stressed. I just went with the flow. It was the best cycle I had. And I had ended up with two um, five-day embryos. Mm-hmm. And we did a fresh transfer. Two weeks later, I found out I was pregnant with my daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly, I really didn't acknowledge the fact that I was pregnant until I was out of my first trimester, just to make sure everything went okay. Did all the genetic testing, everything. She's mm-hmm. was here. It was and amazing. Baby number two was born. She was here. She's just beautiful, and my little family's complete. You can honestly say that they're. Yeah. Yeah. So it's so different. It's a long story. What the first cycle straightforward, mm-hmm. second time you went through many, many ups yes, and downs yes. for years. Complete opposite. I, I I knew it would be rough, but I did not anticipate it would be as hard as it was. Mm-hmm. And all along the way, did you feel like you had support from family, friends, or were you getting any criticism or was there anybody telling you that you needed to stop? Don't go through this. Was there any Complete support? All support Complete all along support. the way. Um, I didn't tell many of my extended family that I was trying again. Mm-hmm. The ones that I did, complete ex- complete support. Just, you know, let me know what we can do or, you know, like the... Or my niece's um, first birthday party. I was um, I was pregnant, mm-hmm. but it was still way too early to say anything. I was about six weeks along. Yeah. And my my cousin came up to me and she goes, so how's everything going? And I had mm-hmm. like, I had to hide because I had a little bump just from the medications and then mm-hmm. maybe. I'm like, oh, no, nothing yet. You know, I don't know anything. I haven't tried it. I was like, oh, I'm the worst liar. You, you don't know want to tell her quite yet because <laughs> right. you're still a little apprehensive. But they're all, they were so supportive on. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like you had a good, good experience. You had a lot of um, emotional support. Yes. Yes. Throughout. Was there, what would you say was the most difficult thing going through all of this as a single woman? Kind of having to wear the brunt of everything on your shoulders. Like I had to still, you know, be a mom to mm-hmm. my son. There was no like, I can't take a break. I can't Mm-mm. sit by myself and I have to be there for him. Mm-hmm. You have no choice. There's, yes. Mm-hmm. And actually he made things so much better, but. Mm-hmm. He, Maybe it's a, a, a kind of a twofold situation. He makes things so much better, but also it makes it difficult that there's not somebody else to to lean on or take over. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So how about the opposite question, though? Do you think that there's anything that's easier about going through this process by yourself? I think it's the since I've done it and I'm in it. Mm -hmm. I like the fact that it's, you know, my decisions, my choices. Mm -hmm. I like that. I don't have somebody not that there's anything wrong, you know, mm-hmm. co-parenting with whatever, but I like the fact that it's, if I want him to go here, I want her to go and do this thing or mm-hmm. 
it's just medical decisions, every decision. I like that I have to make them mm-hmm. and that it's my decision, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's interesting because I, I find that a lot of the single women that I see are are happy with the fact that they are the decision maker mm-hmm. and they like the fact that whatever they want to do is what is going to be the case yes. and they don't need to compromise exactly what they're thinking or the way they mm-hmm. want to go through the process. Um, so what about your family? Did they influence your decisions or did they just accept what you decided? And They accepted, they encouraged. Um, when I decided to try for a second, they were anything they could do to help me. I mean, my, my mom would give me injections because I was petrified to do it myself. Um, one time I even made my, one of my brothers do it because I'm like, I can't do it. Mom's not home. You have to help me. <laughs> Sounds like you have a great family. I do. Great I'm very family. blessed to have an amazing family. Mm-hmm. Not everybody has that much That's support. True. That is wonderful. So Heather, what about um, kind of a different topic? It, it, um, insurance and uh, affording all of this. Yeah. Fertility treatment can be so expensive. And although, yes, in, in Illinois, we're a state-mandated uh, state mandated region, right. so most patients have fertility coverage. What did you, did you have any difficulty with insurance coverage, being a single woman in particular? I did not because of the conditions that I had going into it. Mm. Um, I have polycystic ovarian syndrome. I have endometriosis and I only have one ovary. So I met the the criteria for my insurance to go ahead to pursue fertility treatments, whether I'm single or not. Mm-hmm. So I was blessed in that aspect. Um, there were a couple challenges like getting medications approved, um, things like that. But overall, I, my insurance was amazing. I would not have been able to do as many cycles without that insurance, mm-hmm. but they covered most yeah, it's interesting, the whole realm of, of insurance, because even though we are state mandated, you have to fit into certain criteria. Yes. And yes. one of the criteria is you have to be trying to get pregnant for a year mm-hmm. or six months under a lot of the different plans. Right. But what you're saying is because you had medical issues to start, you really mm-hmm. didn't need to fit into those criteria because yeah. you fit into other criteria. Right. So that must have taken a whole um, load of problems off of your shoulders. I was, you know, reading the policy. It was start with IUI, mm, and that could have yes. gone on forever because, yeah, more likely would not have worked. So your medical issues actually work to your benefit in this For case. For once, yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah, interesting, right? Um, so what about uh, society? It sounds like you had a great family, a lot of friends that supported you, and I'm. I'm taking it that these people are still there for they you are, for the most yes, part, right? Yes. Yeah. What about society in general? Did you ever encounter any problems, issues from society regarding being a single parent, either when you were trying, when you're going through, or currently? I haven't. Um, I figured, you know, my son's in kindergarten and I figured, you know, things would come up with different families and settings like like that. So I'm kind of still waiting for hmm. like someone to say something or hmm. inquire or ask or something. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. You're waiting for that, but it really isn't happening. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that says something to what society is accepting of now. It's, I hope so. Yeah, it's becoming much hope more so. acceptable and much more commonplace for women to do this on their own. Mm-hmm. And society seems to be going along with that. As they should. Yay! <laughs> Yay. Um, Heather, is there is there any 
any advice you have for women that are thinking about going down this road? Do it. Yeah, (laughs) do it. I like that. Um, It's a lot, but it's the most rewarding thing in the entire world when you have those little people that just love you so much and you love them so much. And for personally, if I look at it this way, if I would have waited for Prince Charming, Mm -hmm. um, who I still haven't found, I would be childless because it took so much for me to have my daughter. I don't know if it ever would have worked mm-hmm. to have her. So I I would say, I would encourage it. I would say, if you feel like you want to have a child and you don't see anybody coming in the future or near future, mm-hmm. it's the best blessing in the entire world. Mm-hmm. What, what would you say is the very first step that someone should take? If they have an inkling that they want to become a mother and they're single and they say, yeah, I, I want to go down this path. I want to become a single mother. What would you tell them to do? First I thing. did a lot of research. Mm-hmm. Um, I read a couple books. I, there are like on Facebook, there are groups Mm -hmm. like single mom by choice groups. I joined a couple of those and just would ask questions or would, you know, listen and look and see what other people were saying and how their experiences would go, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Just kind of educate myself as to what I'm getting into, even though no one really can tell you what it's like to have, you know, a newborn or a baby and you have one way in your head and it doesn't go that way. Yeah. Yeah. Part (laughs) of being a parent, right? Yeah. Yeah, Adjusting Mm -hmm. to everything. So just research, educate yourself mm-hmm. and any other steps that they should take to get it done. Talk to your doctors, get a, you know, mm-hmm. if even regular OB, get a workup and make sure that things are going okay, that mm-hmm. you're ovulating, that your cycles are okay and see where you go from there. See what your next steps are. If, you know, if it's IUIs, if it's IVF, if it's seeing fertility specialist, if it's, you know, there's so many different avenues you can go. You can start looking through, you know, donor websites and narrowing that down. And sometimes that makes things a little bit more real on, I can do this. I can, you know. Mm -hmm. So just start educating and just go for it. Yes. And do you feel like you made any mistakes that you would have changed as you went along the path? I think I probably would have tried starting sooner with my daughter instead of waiting Mm-hmm. that extra year or two. So if you want to have more than one child, I probably would have had them, depending on your age when going into it. Mm-hmm. I was 30 going into it, but I was, like I said, pushing 35 when I had, uh, 36 when I put, when I had my daughter. So mm-hmm. I think a couple year difference made a, might have helped my egg quality. Mm-hmm. Times go, time goes so fast, especially yeah. when you're raising that first one, right? Yeah, it goes by like blink of an eye. Yeah, yeah. Well, Heather, you're amazing. I know you've been through a lot of ups and downs and I know you fortunately had a lot of support. Yes. Um, But I think that there's a lot of women that will also have a lot of support. You would be surprised, yeah. Yeah, I find that too. When you bring it up and you maybe you're scared to tell your family, your Mm -hmm. friends, but it's amazing how the support is there. And if it's what you want to do, you go for it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, you're not going to regret it. No, not at all. I'm I'm with you there. (laughs) Any final words of advice? Oh, don't look back. Just look straight ahead. If, look that's, ahead. if it's something you were thinking about doing, inquire, get, learn about it, mm-hmm. do it. You're not, you really truly won't regret having your babies. They mm-hmm. are beautiful. Is it hard to do on your own sometimes? Absolutely. But what isn't hard? I mean, yeah, well, even with, it. you know, a second person parenting, it's still hard. It's 
still has its moments. Mm-hmm. But the good's always but the good is, yes, the good outweighs the bad. And yeah, happy. yeah. So just keep looking forward. Those are going to be That's our right. words. That's right. For this year. For this year, absolutely. Well, Heather, it has been such a pleasure. I love hearing your story. Oh, and I you. love seeing you. Thank you for having me. It's oh, great to see you're you again, welcome. Too. Thank you so much, Heather. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Everybody's Getting Pregnant But Me with Dr. Ann Borkowski. For additional information, a copy of this podcast, or to get in touch with Dr. Ann, please go to www.NorthShoreFertility.com. Until we see you again, stay focused and keep moving towards your dreams. This podcast was edited and produced by Sonic Transformation. Sonic Transformation, your sound refined.